The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Event.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Our three folks is powered by Low Center and LowTeeCenter.com. Jason Swain here with you on a beautiful Monday in East Tennessee, December 27th. December 27th. New Year's is right around the corner. Hope you all had a great, great Christmas. Good to be back with you this morning. No Ben McKee today or tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have somebody on with us tomorrow, uh, book some more guests. And, uh, man, I just wanted to make sure that Ben was able to, man, spend, spend as much time as possible with family. And, and, um, he took, took today, took tomorrow's traveling and man, so happy for Ben. So proud of Ben works his tail off, deserves to be able to relax and chill with his grandparents. So he's doing that. Tennessee, um, Jason called in earlier. Tennessee is um, hopefully, hopefully, get a chance to get a commitment from the Wyoming wide, uh, wide receiver, Isaiah Near, Neor. Tennessee offered him last week, but he has heard from other schools as well. Other schools as well. Hubs is saying that uh, distance may be a factor. He's from Wyoming. Uh, excuse me, played at Wyoming, but he's from he's from Texas. So a school like Baylor, a school like Texas A and M, they will have an advantage. They will have an advantage. But if you are Isaiah Nayor, Nayor, I think it's Nayor. If you're Na- Isaiah Nayor, 44 receptions, as a freshman, 878 yards, 12 touchdowns, as a freshman. Do you want more, less, or the same of what you did your freshman year? Hmm? Hmm, hmm, hmm. Hmm? More, less, or the same. I know if I am Isaiah Neor and I go for 878 yards my freshman year, I know I don't want less. The next year, my sophomore, my sophomore year in high school was my best year statistically. My next year, my junior year, I expected to get more. I was disappointed when I didn't get more. You want more? You have a great year in sales? You're not looking to do less the next year. You're looking to do more. Now, I don't know if A&M is going to be able to provide an opportunity for him to do more like Tennessee. Tennessee has a perfect opportunity for him to match what he did his freshman year, if not do more. But you want to be closer to home? I I, I guess I understand it. You never know what's going on in somebody's personal life in their situation. You don't don't know. I do know this. If he has any aspirations to play at the next level, 
He's going to be far away from home unless he plays for the Cowboys. And they have plenty of wide receivers. So if you are Neor and you're dropping these type of numbers your freshman year, I would assume after your junior year, you're not thinking about being a late round guy. Because a late round guy, I can see going to Dallas. But Dallas, they have, they're pretty set at wide receiver. Unless Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup decides to take a bag somewhere else. But you're going to have to play away from home sooner or later. Now, I get it. You want you want you know, another year, another two, another three years at home, and then you want to go play somewhere else really far from home. I understand that. But at some point, you're going to have to embrace playing away from home. At some point. Let's go to the phones, 865-255-03. Who do we have? Good morning. Hey, it's Justin in Florida. How you doing, man? What's up, Justin, man? Uh, did you have a good holiday for yourself? It was it was great. It was great. It was great. How about yours, man? Did you did you enjoy the – if it was 70 degrees here in Knoxville, it probably was like 95 down in Florida, right? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it, it was actually uh, pretty warm. It's, uh, it's definitely strange. Uh, you know, having Christmas and you're out in shorts and a t-shirt cooking on the grill and, and, uh, you know, weather down here was, was just great. And, you know, we're, we're at that great time of year where, you know, it's not gonna, uh, get above 80 degrees and, you know, probably not below 60. So, um, that's just perfect temperature for me. Can't beat it, man. Flip flops and shorts for Christmas. It was it was a little too warm for me, but I listen. I'm not I'm not complaining too much. I mean, I, 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 I. Hey, I, I, I totally get it. Have uh, Swain? Have you checked out that uh, New York Kids uh, film? I'm watching some of it right now. I, doesn't he look like a clone of Cedric Tillman? I mean, same kind of same kind of build, kind of runs the same. I mean, that would be really interesting to have two guys like that on the outside and a bunch of speed and shiftiness, you know, in the slot and in the middle. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That, that would, obviously you want, you want fast dudes on the outside. Like you want, if you can get the fastest guys, cool. Uh, usually the fastest guys who are six, three and above and two ten. I mean, those guys are, Physical freaks. They don't just make those on trees. And those guys coming out of high school are normally four or five star players because uh, they have those they have those measurables, right? The height and weight and all that good stuff, where they feel like this player can come in and, and contribute early at any 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 team, any level, um, or any any conference. But just watching him, he reminds me a lot of a lot of Cedric Tillman. And I was thinking about this, Justin. I know you've probably thought about this before is if you are a high school player and the transfer portal is certainly going to affect you and opportunities that you get, schools are going to kind of slow play some high school students or take less no, less in their recruiting class because they can go to the portal. But if you are an Isaiah, uh, Isaiah New York coming out of Texas, you're not really worried about taking that Wyoming offer. You're not worried about taking that SMU offer or – you know, that TCU offer or, or you know, uh, UT San Antonio offer. Because you know if you have one breakout year and you decide to transfer, you know that the offers that you wanted to get out of high school from SEC schools, you know those offers are, will come once you hit the portal, just like it has with Isaiah New York. Yeah, I, I'll tell you right now, I think the portal has absolutely changed how high school – recruits are going to view things. I think it's going to take a little time for it to set in. They're going to need to see some examples. You know, for instance, a, you know, like a kid like this, you know, maybe he wanted to go to a little bit higher level than Wyoming, but, you know, maybe he had to, um, you know, fall back on maybe a third or fourth choice and you go and produce at that level. Now you can make the switch. But one thing I wanted to ask you is, and it's funny when you start watching bowl games, you start listening to other teams and the years they've had and, you know, offensive production and everything. 
One thing I was kind of starting to pick up on, and you talked about it a little bit today, talking about Purdue, what do you think the next level is going to be in terms of statistical production for this offense? And the reason I, I ask that is because if you look at it, you know, uh, Tillman, he's, what, 60-something yards away from cracking a 1,000. Um, but the next guy there in terms of wide receiver production is sitting at 500. You know, you look at Purdue, they had a guy go for, what, 1,300. Their second uh, receiver was uh, seven, 800 yards, another guy after that. It seems like even though we had a real good year in terms of offensive production, whether it be through the air or on the ground, it still feels like we haven't had anyone, like, throw up eye-popping numbers outside of Tillman. Tillman had a had a great year, but you start looking around, you know, a thousand yards is definitely nothing to, you know, sneeze at. And for Tennessee, I mean, God, that's it's been what, ten years since we've had that kind of production. But yeah. Yeah. do you think do, do you think this offense can get to a point where you have multiple guys doing that? You have you know, multiple running backs get eight, nine hundred yards and you, you know, it's not so dispersed, but I'm going to hang up and listen to that answer, man. Uh, great talking to you. you. You take care of yourself. Hey, you too, Justin, man. Good to hear from you, man. That's a, um, that's a good question. That's a good question, Justin. We got to think about what happened at the beginning of the season too. Right? Because at the, at the beginning of the season, you had Joe Milton playing. You also had some receivers that were playing early that that didn't play after the Florida game. Now, Javar Small had 600 yards uh, rushing. Tyon Evans, he probably gets seven, eight, nine hundred yards if he's not if he didn't get hurt. Javar Small was hurt as well. I mean, Hendon Hooker had a half of a thousand at five sixty-one. I think there's room for this offense to carry two backs that are pushing 700-plus yards each. I mean, I think that's setting the bar real low by saying that. But I, I got to factor in Hendon because Hendon has to have, have his because he's an extension of the running game. I know that he would prefer to throw from the pocket more this year because he wants to prove that he can be that at the NFL level. Like, he had 148 attempts rushing. Him running the football is not going to get him to the league. Him running the football on top of throwing a ball from the pocket more accurately, having better command in the pocket, throwing the ball on the run, ball placement, throwing with anticipation, leading receivers. I mean, doing more of that what I think he would want to do to show NFL teams that he can do at the next level. But you got to think about what Vailus Jones, Vailus Jones wasn't put in the right position in his offense until at the, what, the Florida game. And you still had Tillman with 900 and Vailus Jones with seven, 700. So yeah, I, I think we can get to the point where it looks like Purdue's. Purdue had 1,300 yards with the number one guy, 730 with their second guy, and then 500 with their third guy. Their tight end had uh, about 400. I think we can get to that point. And I don't think we have to wait long to see it. Don't think we'll wait long to see it at all. I need to share something very, very important with you. Um, before we uh, approach the end of the show, uh, remember, early in the show, I, I shared with you that um, you know, our anonymous donor, ticket donor, donated tickets to the, to the program for us to be able to share with people like Turkey Man, uh, people like Big Shot Rob. You know, we was able to bless Big Shot Rob, two tickets. He came to the South Alabama game. It was an amazing weekend. Turkey Man went to the Ole Miss game. 
uh, you know, Ben's wife works in, in healthcare, so we were able to give tickets to uh, a couple there in, in healthcare to a, to a game. I think it was a Georgia game. So, you know, we've been finding deserving people all season long to bless them with tickets to a football game. And our anonymous donors were able to make that happen for, for us. They believe in the show. They believe in you know, what, what we do here and how we do the show. And they want to give, 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 these, give those tickets to us. Well, they also have basketball tickets. And last week, one of their closest friends passed away. And he was a big-time Tennessee fan. Uh, his name was Beanie. His name was Beanie. And him and his wife, two of the nicest, most spiritual people on the planet. And Benny just loved Tennessee. He loved his wife. And he loved being in the sun. But Tennessee, really simple. Tennessee, the son, his wife. That was it. And when he passed away, he passed away sitting in the sun. Wednesday morning. Passed away last Wednesday morning. Kind of like you know, Johnny Majors passed away sitting on his back back deck, back patio, right there to view of the river, listening to the water. That's the place that made him happy the most. That's where he passed. And Benny, that's that's where he passed as well. And so our anonymous donor wants to take the rest of his basketball tickets and he wants to put them up for sale. Let's put them up for sale. And he wants to take the money from those ticket sales and he wants to give that money to his wife. And that will help her so much. It helped with some of the funeral arrangements. Because was, this was sudden. This was not expected at all. So she is shattered right now. And so if this can just help with some of the funeral arrangements, that would be, be great if we can do that. So we're going to you know, post information online. Um, so that way you can, you can bid on them. And... The highest bidder gets the tickets, and that money will go straight to Beanie's wife. Take care of funeral arrangements and other things that she needs to take care of. So really, really appreciate if everyone can uh, either share it or bid. Uh, Tennessee basketball looks like they're going to be fun to watch, especially after this Arizona game. So be looking, looking for that. They're great, great. Great seats. Uh, we'll post uh, some information today. We'll run it through Thursday. And then Top Bitter gets those tickets. And then uh, I'll share you know, kind of the, some details and who got them. And This is this is why we're here. The Swain event platform, man, it's fun. It's great. We connect with a lot of people. Man, Turkey Man shared a story about how a listener from California heard the Turkey man was a pastor of a church and wanted to donate to his church. And that's what they did. They sent Turkey man a check, donate, donate to his church. They believe in Turkey man. So let's continue to show the power uh, of people. And uh, when these details are shared, let's, uh, let's get this handled. And, um, Make sure Lori is, is taken care of best way we can. 865-255-03. Be looking out for that. Let's get to the text box. Josh says, uh, Josh on the text box says that he got to eat the daddy and barbecue last Thursday. The Bernie Mac was on point and the competition chicken was awesome. Man, I was at daddy last Thursday. Josh? I went with my kids. 
because I knew that Friday was going to be some cooking. So I was like, I'm not messing up this kitchen. So I took the kids to Dead End Barbecue. We we went in. We went in, had the uh, brisket quesadilla. I just had some slaughters. Kids were... <laughs> my my second, my middle kid wanted ribs. She got kids' ribs and some macaroni and cheese. So we went last Thursday, too, Josh. Man, you should have told us. Could have met you up there. Good to see Will. My man, Will, good to see you. Uh, Brad asked, is K-Bays with the team in Nashville? Yes, he is. Oh, Mr. Tennessee came back and said, um, oh, Yes. So I think I think my numbers in Tennessee, which wasn't all that great at all, to be honest. I mean, like my career receptions, that was, I mean, it's top 10. It was top five when I left. It's for top six, seven now. I think a couple of dudes have, have moved past me, but that's because I played four years, not because I was a catching machine like Cooper Cup or anybody. Uh, but, man, this offense, whoo. Boy, I'm talking about big numbers in this offense. Oh man, It'll be a field day. T Money says, "How funny is it that we're practicing at Vandy? Some of their fans are big mad. Where? Where? Who? who what Vandy fans are mad? I don't see any Vandy fans. And if I'm a Vandy fan, I would be mad too. To be honest, I would be mad too." How are you letting the your, your rival use your facilities to prepare for a game in a bowl that you couldn't get in? Mm-mm, couldn't be me. There's plenty of high schools with a lot of money around that area. What's Trent Differ doing? What's his high school? No, they got money over there. Could have used that one. Listen, I'm not saying that I don't want to practice at Vanderbilt Stadium because I think it's hilarious. That would be my top choice. But if I am Vanderbilt, I'm saying, heck no. You're not practicing at my facility. No. I wonder where Tennessee practiced the last time Tennessee was in a Music City Bowl. Was there under Butch? Was also there under Derek Dooley? Where did we practice then? That's what I want to know. I can find that out during, you know, after the show. But Vanderbilt, you look weak. You look weak. That check must have been really nice. Vol Grizz Cubs says, I knew Hurt put up numbers but didn't realize if he wouldn't have transferred, he would have been leading rusher by far in school history. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's it's crazy to think about because you think about all the great running backs that have played here, the ones that were, you know, night and day better than Jalen Hurd. Jalen Hurd was great here, but come on now. We're talking about freaks. The Travis Stevens, the Jamal Lewis's of the world, the the, the Cobweb. I mean, like, listen, I'm not going to try to name all the running backs because People on text box will be trying to name folks that I forgot. But there's so many great running backs that have played here. So many great ones. And Jalen Hurd had an opportunity to be on top of the history books. The reason why is because Jalen Hurd played from the moment he got on campus. He started as a true freshman. Those great running backs that played before him, they also had to play with great running backs just as good as them. And so you didn't have freshmen coming in starting day one. I don't think Jamal Lewis started day one, did he? I don't think he started day one, did he? I know Mark Levine was a guy, and uh, Jamal came in and took everybody's spot. But maybe Jamal Lewis was on pace. If Jamal Lewis would have stayed another year, maybe he would have been the career leader in rushing yards. But yeah, Jalen Hurd was, he was on pace to be on top. And um, it's funny, it's, things happened 
the way it's supposed to happen. I don't think it would have been great look to have someone that quit the team in the middle of the game to be the all-time leading rusher in the school. That's not a good look. Will Good says they used Vandy's field before. When did we use Vandy's field? When did we do that? I would never let a rival use our field. No, especially not an in-state rival. Not Especially not Big Brother. If I'm Vanderbilt, I would never do that. Never. Call me petty. I don't care. Call me petty. Tennessee played in, what, 2000 and, uh, was that 16? That 2016 season? Went to the Music City Bowl? Or was that 15? Where did we practice there? And then uh, Derek Dooley's year we played North Carolina. Where do we practice? I mean, there's other places you can practice. Other places. But we sure appreciate you, Vanderbilt. Thank you. Thank you. Weird. Weird, weird, weird. Kaylin, Kaben, Kaben, Kaben Marley is no longer with the team. Uh, came in from North Carolina. Was athlete. That's the academic hurdles he had to get over to get in. Remember, he was a late addition to the to the class that year. Um, Jay Graham was a big time recruiter for for him, but we got him. He was a highly rated player coming out of North Carolina. Did a little bit of everything, but felt like he was hard. It was hard for him to set in on one position. I mean, they had him at receiver wearing number forty two. Weird, weird number to be playing wide receiver. It's kind of like wearing 42 as a point guard. Only like Khalil Alamin did that at UConn. It's just, just weird. Just weird. But I thought he would move back to defense, play some linebacker, play some safety. I thought he had a good opportunity next year. With the linebackers looking the way um, what we did this year as far as lack of depth, I thought Cam and Marley had an opportunity to put on a little bit of weight and slide into a linebacker position. And I wonder if that's something that was told to him once he shared his desire to transfer or shared his desire to, you know, share that he was thinking about transferring. Or was he already, by the time he met with the coaches, was he already at the point where he was going to transfer and he wasn't going to be talked out of it. Was he at the point of no return? That's what I want to know. <clears throat> because you can go to the coach and say, hey, man, it just feels like I'm not, I'm not a good fit here. You know, I'm, I didn't play. And, man, just I wasn't part of the game plan. Just I just don't feel important here. I think I need to go somewhere else. And then the coach will sit you down and tell you, no, you're important. Hey, man, you came in late. Hey, you a freshman playing a different position. Hey, man, don't, don't, don't worry. Don't worry. You got four more years. You're good. We're going to put you in the right position. We think this position is good for you. I personally think linebacker would be a, a, a good position that he can grow into. Be the Kevin Burnett. Be the Eric Westmoreland, the, the, the Al Wilson, the Omar Gaither, guys that play running back in multiple positions. Positions of high school that came in playing one position but then moved to linebacker and it was the best fit for them. I saw Kevin Marley being that guy, being one of those players. Was he already – did he already jump off the ledge like D'Arval? Was he, was he already gone, done? Or did the coaches talk to him and he wasn't and just felt like, hey, maybe maybe you didn't need to leave. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're right. Yeah, you're right. you it's not a good fit for you. Maybe they saw they didn't see a lot in him. They was totally cool with him leaving. Didn't want to talk him into leaving. That can that can happen too. I'm not sitting here freaking out that he's leaving, but I do feel like he could have been someone like a like a Robert Ayers type. Someone that, you know, 
<coughs> excuse me, came in and for a little moment there probably felt lost. Because you come in as a linebacker, you realize, like, this is not my future. Playing linebacker is not it. And then, boom, you find your new position, and you, it's like you have a new lease on life. I thought Kevin Marley could have been that, that type of player. But the transfer portal makes it to where, yeah, you may lose somebody, but, man, you can go out and get somebody too. You can you can do that too. LC Vol says, I thought they practiced at one of the high schools in Nashville last time. Yeah. I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, where, where else can you go and have the facilities to accommodate a whole entire football team you won't feel turf because, you know, well, actually, it don't really matter if you have field turf because this is an outdoor game. You're playing outdoors, so you you may want to be outside. Now, my freshman year, we played in the Dome, and we practiced at the high school field, and it was outside. I remember the grass was, like, brown. We practiced on dead grass. I remember. Um, South Florida, we practiced. We practiced outside. It was it was beautiful. And we practiced the Cowboys facility in Dallas. And we played outside. So, but you do want a facility that can accommodate you. Because you want to lift weights. You want to be able to get a lift in or two. You also want to be able to video practice. So your equipment crew, your video crew, can I get the end zone copy? Can I get the sideline view? Do you have the facilities? Do you have the setup to allow Tennessee to run a as close as normal practice as possible? That's the question. And of course, Vandy, Vandy can do it because <laughs> hey, hey, it's a it's an SEC school, kind of. But, of course, Vanderbilt would be great. I'm just saying, I wouldn't let Tennessee do it if I'm Vanderbilt. But there's plenty of private schools in Nashville. There's smaller colleges in Nashville that could have accommodated Tennessee as well. This is funny. <laughs> it's just funny. And I'm, I, I'm with you, Vanderbilt fans, if you are upset. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I get it. 865-255-03, hour three, powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. We'll take a quick time out. Wait a minute, you about that and barbecue. Swain Event TV. Like us on Facebook. Good morning, Swain Event crew. Fall is here, and according to the big box stores, it's Christmas time, too. This time of year is traditionally a busy one for the East Tennessee real estate market, and it will continue through the end of 2021 as well. Most people think the holidays aren't the right time to buy and sell. However, it is one of the best times to jump in the market. To find out more, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, at 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. J.C.'s will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. J.C.'s Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. 
the Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Hour 3 of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Do you know your numbers? Feel like you again. Let us help. Get to the phone. Swain event is fueled by Dan Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Hour three is powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Who do we have here with us this morning? Good morning. Hey, good morning, Swain. How you doing? What's up? Say your name again. Hey, this is Nathan Chattanooga. How are you doing? Hey, Nathan, 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 man. I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. Just holding down the fort here, man. Holding down the fort best way I can. You and your family have a good Christmas? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was was, was great, man. It was great. Everybody was happy. Um, Kids were happy. Had to put together a huge dollhouse. So that was that was great. So the kids were happy for about 30 minutes and they wanted to find something else to play with. So it was good. Uh-huh. It was great. That is very good. Um, hey, I, I read an article. I think it might have been on 247. And it was uh, Lane Kiffin speaking about the transfer portal and just kind of the NIL deal and, and all of that. I don't know if you caught that article or not um, you know and for, obviously you know from a Tennessee fan's perspective him um, putting his two cents in about how people should um, leave a, a particular uh, college football program is laughable um, you know I, I get some of his points one of the points that he did make that I thought was a little uh, interesting and I guess I just didn't think about it. You know, when when all these kids are putting their names in the portal, let's say you have 125 kids putting their name in the portal and there's only 60 positions available, and they're really opening their self up for trouble, you know, because if there's 60 positions available, you got 125 guys in there, somebody's not finding a home, and you can end up... Hopefully, a lot of these about deciding if that's the right thing for them to do or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you're breaking up a little bit at the end there, but, you know, Lane was on the Rich Eisen show. And uh, just to add some context to what what you are saying here, uh, for those that did not see Lane's comments, but uh, he just feels like that it should have been more thought out. Uh, Players being able to leave and all that good stuff. Quote, it should have been more thought out to have windows. And, you know, when they're leaving, they just have this just just like coaches do. There's no window. And also, they're not being advised very well. You have thousands of kids going to the portal, but there's not thousands of spots for people to take. You put a window on it. You can only go in at these times, and the NIL should be on a, on a contract. Broken promises on the recruiting trail are now commonplace in college football thanks to NIL. Uh, it's a lot more complicated because you're kind of making it like the NFL, where here's your salary cap, salary cap. There's not a cap and nothing on paper. Instead of here's your free agent contract, and these schools say, hey, you're going to get this here, and then you hear the stories about them saying that, and they don't get it. Then you see guys in the portal a year later because they were promised 
these things and then get them. He's spot on, Nathan. I mean, you, I mean, he's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree with those uh, you know comments about not having any structure about this thing. But the reason, in my opinion, they didn't have any structure is because they they you know the the NCAA and you know the uh, administrators around the country could not wrap their uh, arms around this thing, and they let it get to the courts and let the courts figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then the courts aren't there. The courts aren't designed to put structure in place. Mm-hmm. They're just designed to say, "Hey, this is legal or not." Mm-hmm. And when you come down with something that just says this is legal, then it's the wild, wild west because there's no framework. And so it's really the NCAA's fault and the administrators' fault around the country for not getting this done properly before the courts had to step in because they don't want to share their money. That's right. That's bottom line. You know, they don't want to give up the money and control. Now it's been done for them, and they're behind the eight ball. Yeah, and, there's, and, and Nathan, there's a lot of schools, and thanks so much for the phone call. There's a lot of schools that they're not really going to be hurt by this. The big-time schools, they'll be affected, but they won't be hurt. So they're not going to push for any change. Alabama's cleaning up just like they would any other year. But Nathan, I thought, hit the nail on the head. If the NCAA would have embraced what was coming sooner and put infrastructure, put an infrastructure in place to better control what we have right now, then you wouldn't have this mess. But instead, they were trying to fight it. They were trying to fight it, wasting time. Blank Kiffin's right. And I don't care if it comes from Lane Kiffin. Sometimes we care too much about the messenger instead of the message. The message can be spot on, but just because it came from the messenger that you don't like, you don't receive the message. The message is spot on from Lane Kiffin. You can say what you want to say about his antics and his past and all that stuff, but he's right. And he's not saying it because he's not going to like play in that, that, that world. He... He is going to play in this world that he's complaining about. He doesn't have a choice. He has to play in this world. He's got an extension to Ole Miss. He's, he's in the SEC West. He has to play in this world, and he has to be successful, or he won't get anywhere close to what he did this year. He'll be floating around seven, eight wins, which, hey, maybe hey, may be good. You can get an extension at Kentucky each year for doing that. But he's pointing out the problems while also playing in that circle. He has to. He has to. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, good morning. Yo, what it do, my brother? What's up, Tremaine? How you doing, man? From the same city as the last caller. Ah. Smart down here, boy. Well, Nate, you smart, boy. I've been, I've been screaming at this whole time. I was like, I, these boys should, do deserve their money. They do. But you got to have a bunch of teenagers Kids coming from homes, you know what I'm saying, they ain't had much to get manipulated easy by a couple bucks, you know what I'm saying, thrown in their face. Now, yeah. uh, I agree. Yeah, they should get their bread. It's these these colleges and coaches getting all this money and this and that and the third. But it needs to be a course or, you know, something put in play. Because, I mean, it's still time. It's still time to fix it. You know, it's still time to fix it. I mean, it's, it's new. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <clears throat> that's what stresses me out about it because I'm looking at the – I'm looking at the bottom half, you know, the the guys that ain't really come from nothing. And, you know, you can throw a couple of bucks in their face and, you know, you know, I'm gone. And then, like he's seen, and the, the the problem that I had with it from the get-go, when I seen all these kids in the portal, I'm like, there's not going to be enough places for these kids to play. This might be the last time they ever play football in their in they life. And some of these kids could be, could potentially make it to the league. You know, all those guys in the, in the transfer portal, there's a bit of those kids that could potentially make it to the league. And some of those kids won't play no more. Some of those kids won't even play the, play the game that they love no more because some adults done manipulated them to come here and this and that and the third. You hear the stories all this and that and the third. And that, that starts at home, honestly. It really starts at home is what it, what, what, what it really boils down to. It starts at the house. You got to teach your kids before you send them out in the world, honestly. You can't expect somebody, some stranger, honestly, to – you know, have the best interest in your child when their best interest is hand is winning or being successful or whatever the situation might be. 
So it's stressing me out a little bit because I the type of coach that I am, I'm a I'm a players coach. Um and I have no band, you know, in the college. I'm not even close to uh coaching college kids. I mean I'm I'm more or less, you know, involved middle school, high school kids, you know what I'm saying? So I know some of these kids that could potentially be manipulated, that could potentially be taken advantage of. That's the only part that I hate about it. Because these kids deserve their money. They deserve their bread, man. They, you know, these, these schools have been making money off their backs for so long. Um, but got to be some structure put in. But like I said, it starts at the crib. starts at the house, parents. Um, start teaching your kids about money. My my wife, she got this, uh, she's, she got this plan that she's going to start teaching my boys about, um, it's, it's a whole course about money that they're really not, I ain't going to say they ain't teaching it, but it's more detail. It's more structured. And uh, we waited to their their age that they are now to kind of show them this, you know. And I, I advise all parents to do this. I advise all parents to take a step back and, you know, yeah, you're teaching your kid to be successful, this and that and the third. But teach them about money, like the integral parts of it, the integral details about how things work and people involved in money. So, I don't know. I'm kind of a little, it kind of, it kind of, it kind of as you can see, I'm a little emotional about it. And it kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, you know, I, I don't know. I, I won't. I like I said, the boys deserve their money. Kids, they're kids. I'm, I'm not boys, but because you know, it's, it's all over. Girls and boys deserve their money. Um, but man, something's got to be done um, about you know just the the way these kids are getting manipulated. You know what I'm saying? And it's gonna continue to happen. I mean, it's always happened. You know, but uh, again, like I said, it starts at the crib though. It starts at the house. It starts in the house. Teaching your kids first. That way, they'll have more details about everything. You know. Yeah. Make financial decisions that don't crush them, you know, when they're 35 years old. They're looking at a decision they made when they were 18. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I that's my two cents, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Trebell. The thing is, like, players are not just now being manipulated, they've always been manipulated. The problem is, once you manipulate them and they find out that you're a fraud, they can leave. And a lot of people are leaving. And you have and you have all these people in the portal, more people in the portal than places that are available. And that's that, and that's why people want to talk about let's change some things, let's look, let's look at some things. But coaches have always been manipulating players when they offer them cash to come to their school. This is not new. This is not new at all. And just like now. It's, it was important then, it's important now, even more important now to have the right people in your circle telling you the right things. And even moms and dads mess it up. They mess it up. They think they know what they're doing. They think they're doing what's best for their kid. They think they're doing what's best for them. You got dads out here acting like they're the, they, 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 like they the agents. Going to the highest bidder. And they think they're putting their sons in, in, in the best situation. They think they're putting their daughters in the best situation. And that might not be the best fit for them. But the windows, the transfer windows need to happen. Like, you just jumping in the transfer portal whenever you want to. I don't know about that. We're not stopping you. We're not saying you can leave in the middle of the night. Middle of a game. You got players tweeting out that they're Leaving the the day of a game, the morning before a game, like no. And these schools start firing coaches early. So it's kind of like a chain reaction. You let these portal rules fly the way they are, and now these schools out here firing coaches super early, and then. These, these rosters are being decimated because players are hitting a portal. And if you are NCAA, you don't want that. It's chaos right now. <clears throat> it's predictable, but it's chaos right now. And you have to adjust. Now, we got brand new equipment up in here, and there, there's been adjustment period. Hook it up. You test it, you test it, you test it. And then you adjust levels as you as you go along. And for the NCAA, you've had months to adjust. This is new. The portal, the NIL, this is all new. But you have to adjust. 
Like, you don't have a choice, NCAA. You have to adjust. Because it's going to get worse. Tampering is going to get worse. I mean, I like Lane Kiffin's idea that, you know, these NIL deals need to be on paper. Still doesn't mean you can't put it together to make it seem like it's legit, even though it's not. But it still gives, it still makes you jump through more hoops if you are a school. It's not easy. Like, if you really wanted to break in someone's, someone's car, you could. You could. If you really wanted to. But having a lock, having an alarm, having extra layers of security just makes it harder. It just makes it harder. And if you do it, it just makes it easy for you to get caught. But if your door's unlocked, it's easy to go in there and take somebody's stuff. And the chances are you might not get caught. Doors unlocked. It feels like the door's unlocked in college football with NIL and transfer portal. It needs to be a little bit harder. Not saying you can't do it. I believe kids should be able to have a one time transfer. Make it a little bit harder. Lay down some rules. Lay down some lay down a framework. Something. All right. That is our time for the Swain event. Fueled by Dead and Barbecue, live here from the Low Key Center Studio. Thank you for joining us. I would say, for Ben McKee, Jason Swain, but it's just me today, man. Ben, spend time with his grandparents. Loving it. Loving it. Hope y'all are having a great time with your family. Thank you for joining us this morning. First day back after Christmas. Christmas on Saturdays. So I don't know how I feel about that. That was a little weird, right? Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Peace and love. We are out. Have a great day. <laughs>